The following podcast is an American Influencer Council production. Welcome to Creators with Influence, a podcast on the intersection between the creator economy and digital culture, where entrepreneurs come to share empowered stories. Kiana Smith Brunito is a creator advocate, champion of lifelong learning, and movement maker. Karsten Tannis, known as Skinny Was Here, is a solopreneur, internationally recognized multimedia creator, and a promoter of creative inclusivity. Together, Together they, they are, are your, your hosts. hosts. What's going on, Kiana? How are you doing today? Wonderful. I mean, I'm so excited that we're launching this show together. I know it's definitely been a mission. So I'm like happy to see what we can capture, who we are speaking to, and all of this wonderful amounts of tidbits that we have of knowledge to drop on people. I know it's the I, I wish that someone had uh, s- uh, some cameras because it's the adventures of podcasting for <laughs> Kiana and Skinny. I mean, you know, it, it's crazy because we've uh, we've adapted to this basically from 2020 and we're jumping into it head first. So it's been quite a ride so far. And this, of course, is our bonus episode where we get to break down who we are and why we're doing this. Yeah, because I don't know if everyone realizes we have some history together that supersedes the American Influencer Council. We've done some awesome work together, and it's exciting to partner with you to share stories of the incredible creators and entrepreneurs who innovate and push our industry forward. So it's a bit different than us doing production and editing and all of that fun work. That's definitely awesome. We originally met at GovBall uh, through some mutual friends. And even then- Oh my God, I totally forgot GovBall. (laughs) I love that. You're taking it way back. I am that that's the creator economy just even bringing us together right to be in the same space but uh that was like a total influencer event (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you've always struck me as someone who was uh dedicated passionate and very forward thinking and I felt like at that very moment instantly we became friends so can you tell me a little bit about how you even ended oh, up there? You're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, Arno from Chloe, you know, he's a connector. He brought all of us together. And I feel like that whole group, most of us are still friends and supporting each other. That's sort of the beauty about our industry is the collaboration nature of it because it takes an army (laughs) to get stuff done. And I do think that in regards to the creator economy, you have so many creators who are employing other creators. And that's so wonderful to see. And you see it within the American Influencer Council. So many of us who started as, you know, yourself as the founding member, many of us, we all had collaborated or worked together prior. And so then to come together to sort of usher in a new era of professionalism and supporting and advocating for our colleagues. And then to now, you know, 
do this audio show where we can tell more stories. It's awesome. No, I definitely love that. And I think that we've all matured throughout our time, you know, from the wild, wild west of the beginning of the influencer days <laughs> to this level of professionalism that we now exude. I think that it's it speaks volumes to just even the the endurance needed as a current digital entrepreneur, but as an advocate for the next generation and the people that continue to do this. So it's it's a very poignant time in history. Also what you're doing, trying to, you know, advocate for more inclusivity for creators of color. You know, you're our, our co-chair for our public goodwill committee. A lot of the work that we do for, for the council is mission-based and volunteer work. So I want to, you got to share your story on why you decided to do that. Also, I like that you flipped it back on me, but I'll start. I'll continue. <laughs> um, but no, basically uh, with the American Influencer Council and the Public Goodwill Committee, I think that it is important to be able to get these uh, these public service announcements out. Something that is attractive, but also, you know, delivers the the messaging that's needed so that we can inform the public about some of these things that are happening. I feel that knowledge is power. And I myself also think of myself as a leader in various communities. So I often find myself sharing information that so many people aren't privy to, and it can drastically change the trajectory of their career, whether that's you know copyright law, whether that is how to read certain contracts and even just like now we're, we're talking more about PSAs, we're talking about mental health at this point. There's so many different avenues uh, that need addressing. And, you know, I'm just loaning my, my expertise and, and my technical abilities to create some of these assets to help tell that story. So that was one of the main reasons for the Public Goodwill Committee. But for the AIC as a whole, I just felt that for a organization to be advocating on behalf of the creators and the creator economy, that's also very necessary because we have so many different voices and so many different experiences that just by sharing them, we're able to come to a better understanding to, to help serve a community, giving them the information needed to, um, to achieve success Tell me how you decided to start the American Influencer Council. It's so funny because I get this question a lot. It was just kind of, you know, one of those uh, Eureka, I found it ideas. Why isn't there an organization or a community that is focused on the professionalism of what we do? I'm big on like the first, you know, I've done a lot of firsts in my career. And I think that there's so many of us like that, but yet there is no real support network for a lot of the professionals in our trade. And so, you know, there are one of the groups I've loved is socialmedia.org. And I had, you know, a wonderful experience there when I was at Saks Fifth Avenue. And I thought, you know, that's a great group but you definitely have to be part of a Fortune 500 company to be involved. 
So what about all of my friends who are creators who will never get an opportunity to, to, to share knowledge or to have these incredible roundtable conversations that you're privy to? And so I just thought, you know, when I'm meeting with creators for shoots or campaigns or, you know, all of a sudden Instagram changes the algorithm and we're all pivoting and, you know, how do you figure all of these things out if you don't have a resource? And that's where the idea for the council came. And I just went to like friends who I've worked with, would you join me on this journey? Because it's one, we're already kind of talking about these issues for years and not having a centralized place to sort of congregate and commune. And so that's how the council started was really, you know, taking a step back and saying, I think it's really important that creators have a seat at the table. This is called influencer marketing, and it's an industry that they're driving. But a lot of it comes down to creators not necessarily understanding, you know, their contributions to the GDP. If you don't understand data and the brands and the social media platforms are controlling that narrative, I think that it impacts you as a small business because you don't have a full comprehension on your true bargaining power or what you're delivering as a business. And that's where you can be taken advantage of. And I think that 2020 was a year, a lot of creators started to stand up for themselves and say, hey, this, this industry is moving at an accelerated rate. And I know that I'm contributing to it in a really meaningful way. I really want to be someone that advocates for creators to want to care about what they're contributing to the GDP, to join the AIC in advocating for new measurements of the digital economy. And so all of this impacts legitimacy. Because when creators understand the laws and the, the, the true economic value of what they're driving, I mean, that's when they have more power and you're seeing it because more creators are leaving the platforms and owning and not renting the space, which is really exciting, creating their own brands. And so the movement's been happening for a while. You're just seeing it a little bit more organized. I think it's very interesting to see the routes that a lot of people have taken to create like their own brands. And speaking to what you were saying earlier about um, not understanding what you contribute to the GDP, when you're coming up, it's so easy to be complacent. <laughs> complacent is one, but also just very excited in this kind of wanderlust moment to be working with a big brand because they're like flying you out or they're giving you free products. But I think that after a while, you start to realize that your time is being applied, your expertise, your creations are also being applied to make these companies millions, right? Oh, and you yes. start to understand like the the branding of it. But it, it makes me think about the aspiring creators that that kind of went like bankrupt or like into severe debt to portray oh, what they yes. saw doing right so what's the psychology behind that 
you definitely had individuals who were, you know, getting extensive credit card debt to have a lifestyle and, you know, visually capture a dream that was a, a false reality. And so I think that's, we've evolved a lot from that place where, you know, people didn't really, they, it was more so about the following. You know, I want to get this huge following and do whatever it takes to get this following. But then it's like, what do you do with that following? Because it's a fraud. You know, they're, they're following someone who's not living a lifestyle that their followers think they have. So I do think that with this move to professionalism, creators know that their communities hold them to a high expectation and that what they are putting out on their channels and the messages they're delivering to their community needs to be truth and advertising. Because at the end of the day, what we're doing is content marketing. I remember early on, uh, I used to get into conversations with um, various influencers because I consider myself to be a hybrid. Not only am I an influencer and I get opportunities through that, but I'm also a content creator which then provides its own separate opportunities. One thing I remember uh, saying early on, maybe like three or four years ago, was that as an influencer, you are heavily reliant on your brand and the relevancy of your brand, you know, depending on what, how the algorithm is feeling that day can, can waver substantially. And as a content creator, as long as you can provide quality that brands can like speak to, that's when you you continuously have this like flow of, of work. But I think that one thing it at the moment that that's very interesting is how this algorithm now is affecting everyone. Let's talk about that for a second, because I think that this is something that is like hugely important. I keep seeing that these platforms, you know, we all know that Instagram sees like if there's attention being thrown someplace else that they'll take those same uh, characteristics and apply them to the platform. But I feel like the one thing that they're missing is that people just want to be seen. It's a reason why people are posting the TikTok and getting millions of views because their content is entertaining or captivating or, you know, this like shocking uh, content. But I always get bad because I'm like, these platforms are giving you everything but visibility and all you want to do is be seen. Absolutely. Well, you know, with anything, I just think about my days working on the brand side. You know, you're producing so much content when you have a multi-channel strategy, you want it to perform. And I think it's no different. Like, from a creator side or a brand marketer side, you want the content to work. You get budget because you have KPIs, you have a growth strategy, and you have management who wants to see business impact. And so I think it's no different that everybody across the space is feeling the burn when content isn't working or maybe you've produced something really awesome and for whatever reason if you don't have you know any dollars to go behind it you're sort of stuck and so i think this 
organic content, at least for me, I haven't seen organic content work since 2017. I mean, like, that's the reality. I hear creators disappointed about their organic reach tanking. I'm just like, well, you at least you had it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, on the brand side, I don't even know, like, that doesn't, I think for most brand marketers, that doesn't even exist. It's a pay-to-play model. So I think that, you know, the what's what's tricky is that TikTok is winning, of course, because creators are are growing and they're getting verified quickly. We're in the business of, of a growth business, right? That's what Instagram has to try to figure out. You know, they're releasing a lot of programs, monetization tool programs. They change their home screen navigation and all of these products and tools are great. However, if creators aren't able to see the dividends from these tools and their numbers and they're not able to get additional brand deals, then how are these products really impacting the bottom line? That's the question. You know, it's interesting uh, about all of these uh, platforms as well, or just in general with content creation, 2020 kind of showed us that when everything is at a standstill, like entertainment is key, right? So like any sort of content that was being created was being consumed at these crazy levels. Speaking some of the numbers now, like how much do you think was generated for the creator economy in, in 2020 and going into 2021? Like what's the projected numbers? Well, all of the platforms saw incredible fiscal year growth. You know, I think our industry did tremendous, dis even in COVID conditions. eMarketer and Insider Intelligence released their inaugural forecast on influencer marketing spin, and it's projected to rise by 33% in 2021 to $3.69 billion which wow. is so exciting. And I think when you are in a high growth market like influencer marketing, you have to diversify. They are really putting their efforts where they can see the return. And I think what's exciting is that more people are experimenting and seeing you know, how they can really take their skills and act like a consultant, right? Because mm -hmm. I think about you, you know, you have the photography, videography background, but a lot of that can be turned into a consultant for a brand. Yeah, no, and I definitely, I definitely believe that. I think that having a multi-channel approach is probably the smartest option just because God forbid you get canceled <laughs> on one of these things. It's, it's at least nice to know that you have like, you know, backup uh, opportunities. But I think that naturally we all seem to engage in whichever channel is giving us the most attention. I've been looking at a lot of different creators and it seems like, you know, you're either blowing up on TikTok or you're blowing up on YouTube. You're tied to these like strong search engines uh, that are helping to promote. But also, I think the way that YouTube 
pays creators is is also very interesting mm-hmm. um and more you know, sophisticated than any other platform exactly exactly because they do have a like multiple ad strategies for for each thing but even if you're not big enough to um, monetize your account they're still making money off of your content but at some point you know it, it can return to you based on how well you're doing and i guess that's like any platform right it's like you grow based on consistency and content type mm-hmm. but consistency is key it is but you know at least on youtube once you get to a certain amount the monetization comes from views but then you can also tie that into sponsor deals you also tie that into you know different ambassador programs so an affiliated marketing where you can push out links and and uh, make money based on that which is also kind of interesting going back to ig it's like very limited on what you can do like you can share a link via stories um, you can share a link in your profile but you don't have the ability to share a link in comments, you know, like they don't want you to exit the app or anything like that. So just kind of very interesting on how restrictive it is for you to make a living as a creator. Meanwhile, well, that's why they started yeah. the shops and like the in-app checkout and really encouraging creators to try to go that route for yourself. I don't know if you've ever considered selling prints of your photography work, but I think that they're trying to encourage creators of all disciplines, you know, whether you're like a baker and you haven't thought about how you can get those cupcakes onto Insta, you know, it's like all of these non-traditionals, I think fashion and beauty creators, it's a no-brainer. It's easy for that vertical to get into commerce. But then how does the other segments of creators who might not naturally think of themselves as like producing merch get into shops? And I think that they are doing some cool um, partnerships with brands like Spring for Creators who you can integrate and set up a new shop and sort of test and see, you know, even you can sell your podcast if you want more extended content. You know, there are a lot of clever things people are doing outside of just like a physical product, like selling digital products. Truly our space is for the entrepreneurial mindset. It's like, how do you market? What kind of innovative way can you sell yourself? I feel like everyone is moving into a space where they are now building their own platforms. We talked about these email lists. They're kind of understanding the the ownership aspect of the content they're creating and also the usage rights of even their likeness, which more often than, than none gets exploited in various ways if we don't read particular contracts. But as someone that was on the other side and hiring some of these creatives and models and things like that, what's something that that you see changing for the future? I mean, it's super tricky because I think that there is the international exploitation of it. I hear from creators all the time, like someone sent me a photo and my face is on a billboard 
in China, or one of my photos is being used for an advertisement and being run sponsored content on Facebook, or my, my photos being used for, you know, products and how do I send a cease and desist to a company in Malaysia? And it's, it's super tricky for a small business. Um, we were just helping a creator find counsel, you know, for an issue with a huge fast fashion retailer who, you know, has taken her copyright and using her images. And so, you know, this is something that happens every day. And so it's super important to utilize the US Copyright Office and copyright your work. It's pretty affordable. You can copyright in groups. And so I highly suggest that creators do that, especially for any type of big campaign work. And you'll be surprised that a lot of photographers, illustrators, graphic designers just never have never done it and have been in our trade for like some a decade and never have thought about it. And so that's a start. You can copyright text, you know, even for the bloggers there, if there is protected text that you want, copyright it because we even hear from people where that their text has been stolen. So you're not even talking, you're talking about people taking not only your likeness, but also your actual assets from your, your Instagram. We hear from people complaints with Pinterest because there's no credit, no credit on Pinterest, you know, issues from Google images. It's being a proactive business person to own, to own your brand. And so whether that is getting, you know, trademark of, anything that's super important, like a, a, a logo um, that you use often to market yourself or just even a word mark, like you go by skinny was here, have you trademarked that? So it's one about being future thinking as you're starting off in your trade, you know, cause you never know how big you can accelerate cause you can go viral. So speaking of going viral, I hope that everybody enjoyed this bonus episode. Absolutely, because our launch is approaching at rapid speed. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and I hope you tune into our season one. We have been working tirelessly to produce it. We have, and we also have a lot of great guests. So we are going to be sharing some amazing stories that are uplifting, that are compelling, that are bringing communities together, both in a physical space and a digital space, and just using social media for good. 100%. We have gathered a really empowering group of thought leaders, trailblazers, and just phenomenal individuals who are trying to be the change you want to see 
in the world. And that's what we're all about at the American Influencer Council is bringing Gen Z and millennial small businesses together and championing those um, individuals who want to make a difference. And I love that. And again, we are just sharing some of their amazing stories and we are becoming an advocate of change through this podcast, sharing some of their stories to help change the generation of influencers and digital entrepreneurs that are coming uh, behind them and also just empowering them with the tools needed to take on the creator economy. 100% and we're super excited to be on this journey, very transparent. It's no joke producing a podcast and it's uh, it's been fun, but lots of uh, obstacles and uh, whew, we have so much editing to do, so we better get to it, Carson. For sure. But again, <laughs> thank you for everybody for tuning in. Make sure that you tap in for International Podcast Day. And that is when we start launching all of these episodes with some of these amazing creators. Yeah, stay tuned because we'll be revealing the lineup soon. For sure. Thank you, guys. Creators with Influence is produced by the American Influencer Council, the sole 501c6 not-for-profit trade association in the U.S. created by and for career creators.